Cube Radio. You are listening to the Car Guide Podcast with Louis-Philippe Dubé and Gabriel Gélina. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Car Guide Podcast. Gab, 20 episodes. <laughs> Already. <laughs> we've driven a lot of cars. We've covered a lot of miles. <laughs> right, yeah. And especially in the last few weeks, we've been yeah. walking, doing a lot of walking. Yeah, that's right. Maybe maybe less than uh, the previous years, because we always sit here and say how, oh, the auto shows, they're, they're not what they used to be, pre-pandemic yeah. and whatnot. And there's a lot less walking, but there's still a lot to see and a lot of unveilings in the last few weeks. We, we, we took a little break because there was too much to do and we, we couldn't uh, find a time to uh, to put out <laughs> together a recording. <laughs> However, uh, that doesn't mean that there's uh, nothing happened and yeah. we're going to talk about a lot of things today, uh, namely the Tokyo Auto Show. Uh, which is now uh, the Japan Mobility Show, which exactly. is the, in the last episode. I couldn't get it right now. I've done my homework, uh, but also the LA Auto Show, uh, yeah. which is uh, uh, also has mobility in the official name. But uh, let's call it the LA Auto Show, uh, which happened uh, not too long ago. And a couple of uh, much less happened at the LA Auto Show. Um, I was looking at you traveling to Japan and seeing your coverage mm-hmm. in Tokyo and saying, wow, this is the actually the only show that that was you know that had meaningful this meaningful year. <laughs> that had a lot to it and I, that's the only one I'm not I didn't show up to well I'll tell you you know I think the uh, the Japanese car makers you know basically we, we spoke about this the last time but Japan essentially closed down for covid you know and there right. were no foreigners allowed and things like that and now with the uh, Tokyo mobility show Japan mobility show in Tokyo I think that the um, the Japanese manufacturers really wanted to make a statement that Japan is open for business again so right. to speak and that they've got you know they've got new stuff that uh, that they wanted to show us and quite frankly even though the show is small in size it's at the Tokyo big site which is a a convention center they built a couple of years back but it's it doesn't use all of the halls of the Tokyo big site right. because it's a, that's it's the one a that looks space. like an upside down pyramid exactly or metal that's pyramid, the yeah. entrance looks like an upside down pyramid um and um but at any rate, you know, there's, there was a lot of new stuff here from, not only from, you know, from, yeah, definitely from Toyota, from Mazda, uh, even Subaru had a, a concept car there as well. Nissan had some concepts, but it was mostly that, you know, it was mostly concept cars showcasing electric mobility. Right. So, you know, you and I know that, you know, uh, with the exception of Nissan with the Leaf and the area, all of the other manufacturers are pretty much, you know, Japanese manufacturers are pretty much way behind as far as electrification is concerned. Mm-hmm. And so you get the feeling that they are trying to now, you know, get on the bandwagon and showcase everything that's coming with regards to uh, electric mobility. It was the case definitely for Toyota, which showed uh, two uh, two concepts, uh, an SUV, but also a sports car. That's another thing about the uh, Japan Mobility Show. There's a lot of sports cars. Exactly, yeah. lots of sports cars. Which we're not we're not used to seeing this year. Absolutely and, you know, not. Crossover after crossover. <laughs> exactly. In, in so American shows. In, in many ways, it was very refreshing that right. way, you know. So obviously, you know, Mazda the, uh, showed the iconic SP uh, concept car, um, which is sort of like 
if you know they would they would reinterpret the Mazda MX-5 in uh, as an electric car and things right. like that. And it was what, definitely one of the most striking vehicles there. So you kind of expect that from Mazda that they do a sports car, you know. But you didn't certainly didn't expect. I certainly didn't expect that Toyota would show up with um, with a, a new uh, a two do- two door two seater electric sports car, mm-hmm. which uh, which they called the um, the FTSE uh, concept. So again, you know, there's not much in terms of um, hard facts right. a- about these cars. You know, yeah. they, they, they're not telling us about the battery capacity, about the range and things like that. But there's one thing that Toyota made very clear when we were there, as in Toyota and Lexus, as a matter of fact, is that even though they've, they've, been, they've been showcasing concepts in, at the uh, Tokyo Motor Show, the Japan Mobility Show, um, they said, you know, these concepts are very close to production. Okay. And when you look at the styling of them, you know, they're pretty radical. Yeah. You know, for, for Toyota. <laughs> for something that's close to production. Exactly. And, and Toyota. So the, the key thing, I think, is that, you know, especially that, that sports car, the, uh, uh, the Toyota uh, FTSE, if they're able to produce a two-seater sports car that looks like that with electric drive, you know that's going to be that's going to be really it's gonna interesting. Be meaningful for yeah, exactly. for, for Toyota. Which... Exactly, <clears throat> and the same is true also of their of their of their uh, crossover concept. Again, very angular kind of uh, styling, a little bit like the the BZ4X, but you know, like cranked up to the max kind of right. thing, dialed up to 11, as, okay. as we say, like in Spinal Tap. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely a, a very, very different different look for them. And it's the same also with uh, Lexus. Lexus showed up, you know, with a, with uh, two concepts, uh, a sort of like a four-door sports uh, sedan, and also, you know, a, an ultra-luxury vehicle that looks a little bit like a like a cross between a station wagon and uh, an SUV. Okay. So again, those uh, are two uh, cars that sort of like symbolize the, uh, or showcase, if you will, the, the new design direction for uh, for Lexus. And again, very short on stats, very short on what is actually the hardware for this. They're, they keep talking about... You know, they're new batteries with prismatic cells, high performance, things like that, which will have apparently range that is greater than, you know, the actual current uh, electric cars. But, you know, they, again, no, uh, ha- no a hard lot, A lot of promises. Exactly. Uh, and, and a lot of show, right? Exactly. Because you said, you said Angular. I saw a couple of concepts from Nissan, yes. uh, which looked like straight out of Blade Runner. Um, I mean, not, <laughs> not much to say about those, but the one I really want to talk about is the one from Mazda, which yes. is which is the, the iconic SP. Right. Kind of reminds me of the time I went to the, the uh, Tokyo uh, Motor Show when, when in, back in 2015, there was the uh, RX Vision, yes. which, which said well it was like a longer nosed uh, uh, sports car and they said well we're going to bring back the rotary engine the, the you know that everybody loved in RX-7 RX-8 maybe a little less but RX-7 um, and and it kind of we never heard about it after, after that we've heard that Mazda wanted to 
we've heard blurbs about Mazda wanting to bring back the rotary engine as a generator, like a range extender. Yeah, and exactly. this is pretty much what, what, what we're talking about with the iconic XP uh, yeah. uh, concept at Mazda. Well, you know, it's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be interesting because you know, in terms of in terms of design, this car has. Uh, Uh, overtones of the MX-5, but also of the last RX-7 that they that they built, and um, so it looks. It's it, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, beautiful car. But you know, again, there it is the rebirth of the the rotary engine for for this car. So we're talking about the two rotor uh, motor for the uh, which will be in the you know right in the center so to speak of uh -huh. the uh, of the car and a, a key thing also is that um you know Mazda is really keen on making sure that this car will be able to run on synthetic fuels perhaps even on hydrogen so those are all the uh, the avenues that are being explored uh with this and we're looking about 365 horsepower it doesn't sound like much But you know the car is very light. It's like fourteen uh, hundred kilos. Yeah. So it's getting you know uh, the the current Mazda MX-5 is like I think eleven hundred or twelve hundred kilos or something like that. Right. So, so we're it, just it like, doesn't. It has a lot more power. Exactly. <laughs> more power and uh, not so much more weight. So it's going to be very interesting to see whether or not that uh, iconic SP concept gets greenlit and mm -hmm. you know turns into. Uh, perhaps the new uh, the new sports car from from, from Mazda right. that would be a really cool thing you know speaking about uh, uh, other vehicles that are making a comeback uh, the Prelude at yeah. Honda was the first where first we saw it in Tokyo yeah, yeah, concept yeah. and uh, last week in in LA as well it, it was it was on the show floor but the Prelude is pretty interesting because it kind of looks You know, there's no information about this car at no. this point, right? <laughs> uh, it looks, I, I, I feel that the front end, I think it looks like a Prius a little bit. And we're joking around with the with the guys saying it's like a Prius coupe, you know, uh, concept. If you look at the front, you know, which the, the new Prius, I think it's, it's, it's good looking, but it kind of has those, you know, horizontal lines that kind of fade away on the side of the, uh, of the front end. Um, a lot of a uh, lot of talk about the car not not a lot of substance like you mentioned um you know we know that uh, Honda's working with with GM on 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 certain uh, uh, electric projects yeah uh, less, less, less and less, less and now less. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> because they they said that the cheap cars won't happen uh, exactly. between the two of them uh, Honda didn't have that much technology so they needed the, a platform to get started you know like that with the Prologue SUV if it's going to happen with the Prelude we don't know but the, but pretty interesting stuff that they're they're bringing about the uh the iconic prelude name yeah sure you know in terms of size it looks a little bit the same size as the current nissan z or uh even the the current toyota supra so yep. kind of like you know still small um the, the key thing with this one is is going to be You know, they say that they don't want to try to, to create a competitor for the uh, Civic Type R. Uh, but, uh, you know, in terms yeah, of. Yeah, they don't want to, they, they don't want to cannibalize yeah. the sales of. So uh, I think they're, they're going to, they're going to try to do something more like in the, in the sport touring kind of vein. But again, it still is just a concept. Right. And, uh, certainly it's a name that, 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 that uh tracked very well for 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 Honda in North America you know like the this car was sold here i think from 1979 to 2001 mm -hmm. and it was one of those cars you know a prelude was 
something that you recognized immediately as being a, a prelude. It's a little bit less the case with this new model. Um, but like you said, you know, the design of the front end looks a little bit like the Prius. But when you look right from the A-pillar uh, back, it's very much a swoopy, you yeah. know, a swoopy two-door. So that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, on to the LA Auto Show, uh, because uh, that happened a little uh, closer to this date. Uh, we were both on the floor. Uh, to see some, well, I will say it's a little less, a little, a little more, more boring than the Tokyo Auto Show. <laughs> <laughs> However, no, no, uh, not many sports car concepts or, 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 but very important models. Yeah. Um, you know, you, uh, uh, we saw the Subaru Forester, yeah. uh, the, uh, the Santa Fe, the Prelude, the Prelude was there, as we mentioned, and, uh, the Lucid, uh, Gravity, yeah. uh, yeah. SUV. So, I mean, let's start with the, um, Santa Fe, the new Santa Fe. Yeah. In uh, in LA, it was already unveiled uh, back in a couple of months ago, I yeah, think, for exactly. the world world uh, unveiling. But uh, it was in LA, and you got up close and personal. Yeah. You can't talk about uh, the driving impressions right now, but we'll hear about him at the next episode. But still, sure. uh, a, a vehicle that's that everybody's talking about. It looks it's boxy. Mm-hmm. It's got a big rear gate. Yeah, <laughs> it's t- got tailgate, it's yeah, got a, sure. an XRT, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rugged, quote unquote, very, very trendy word now in the, uh, uh, the family vehicle industry, <laughs> rugged, but still there's, there seems to be some substance there. Yeah, indeed. You know, the thing about this, um, this Santa Fe, first of all, it's the, f- the fifth generation for the Santa Fe. It's a, it's a big seller for, for Hyundai in North America. And with this new fifth generation Santa Fe, what you have is a, is a bigger vehicle, right? You know, so it's longer uh, in terms of its ter- external dimensions. It's bigger. It's also much roomier to the point where it now has a standard uh, issue third row of seats. So again, they're trying to create a bit more separation between the Tucson, you know, and the, mm-hmm, and the Santa mm-hmm. Fe. Um, so it's it's almost it's not quite as long as the Palisade, but it's pretty close. Um, and, but the, the key thing as well is the, uh, the styling, you know, this thing looks like a Land Rover. It does. And yeah. then you could put it, you could take away the Hyundai badging, put Land Rover badges on it. And there you go. That's your, that's yeah. your discovery. That's your, you know, that, that's your new <laughs> Less car. expensive, more reliable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it looks very much. And you know, yes, it was introduced uh, a couple of months back, but this was its first sort of uh, public appearance, so to speak. Yeah, because uh, we saw it on, only on, on, on photos. On, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So what's interesting about this is that um, in terms of the, the package, in terms of the, the, the powertrains, it's pretty much carry over in that um, there are not many changes there, but it's really, you know, the, uh, the, the styling and the interior, that's the, the star of the show here. Um, they've dropped the 2.5 liter normally aspirated engine from the lineup. So you can only get it now, uh, either with a hybrid, uh, powertrain, which is a 1.6 liter four cylinder plus, of course, yep, the electric the, motor. The usual, uh, hybrid and package. this will be the entry level model for, for Canada. And then at the top of the line, you've got the 2.5 liter turbocharged four cylinder engine. That will be the, the higher end variants. Now, this strategy <laughs> is exactly the opposite of what Hyundai is doing in the US. In the US, the 2.5 liter turbo is the base engine (laughs) and the hybrid is available you know as an option or on the the higher so that's a bit of a uh, difference there in terms of 
the power, you know, the hybrid uh, drive, 232 uh, horsepower, uh, 271 pounds feet of torque. And uh, as far as the um, turbocharged engine, you know, we bumped that up quite a bit, 277 horsepower, 311 uh, pounds feet of torque. Uh, key different differentiation factor as well is that the hybrid has a six speed uh, automatic uh, gearbox, whereas the, um, the uh, turbocharged engine gets the eight-speed double-clutch gearbox that you found in the Elantra N. Right, okay. So you're, you're a little bit of an upgrade there in terms of, uh, in terms of, the, of the gearbox. But, <clears throat> you know, it, it looks very square and boxy, but this new fifth generation of the Santa Fe is actually more aerodynamic than the outgoing model, the fourth generation model, which, has, which was, was kind of like a rounder. And, and when, you look, when you think about that, you say, how can that be? It's because the engineers from Hyundai have picked up quite a few things from their development of the um, electric mm-hmm. uh, cars, the Ionic 5 and the Ionic 6. So there's like active flaps at the front and things like that. So there's a few things okay. that help make, even though it's boxy, it's very aerodynamic. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the the biggest thing is, is of course, that, that hatch, that rear hatch. That tailgate opens so big that you can really stuff uh, all kinds of stuff in mm-hmm. there, and that's their focus as well with the with the Santa Fe. They're trying to create a vehicle that's going to bridge the gap, sort of like between like urban driving and everyday driving, driving the kids to school and things like that, but also going out to play on the weekend yeah. and you know throwing your stuff in there. And that's why also they they've added the XRT uh, variant to the mix. <clears throat> now this. Higher ride height, bigger wheels and tires, you know, more like for off-roading. A lot of accessories like roof racks and things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I bit, saw one on the show floor. It exactly. Looked, it looked pretty, yeah. So it, it's a bit like the wilderness uh, editions for the Subaru product, you know, and just yeah. a little bit more uh, adventurous for the uh, for the off-roading. But in terms of the interior, I mean, this this thing really looks good because they've, they've re- literally taken the dash from the Ionic 6. So you've got that whole... Um, Horizontal and yeah, then... Very, yeah. yeah, two screens uh, uh, and, and slightly curved. So mm-hmm. uh, each screen is 12.3 uh, inches, I think. And also they've got the same shifter as on the... Um, on the electric cars and also on the Kona. Which is on uh, the... Yeah, which is on, on, the, the, column. on the column. So yeah. that frees up a lot of space over on the console area. Okay. And in this console, which is accessible also not only from the front, but also from the back. And you also have two charging pads for, for cellular phones. Okay. So that's pretty pretty brilliant, you yeah. know, because as a driver, you always put your phone down, but if you have a passenger, they can't charge. Yeah, so, you have to fight for the for Exactly. The <laughs> so now there's, there's two of them. So that's pretty darn cool. And um, like I said, <clears throat> it's... Um, and also another thing that's really cool, they've got two glove boxes on this car and on the top one, there's a sort of like um, uh, a sterilization system with UVC rays. Oh. So basically it's sort of like a blue light, so to yeah, speak. Okay. So you put your cell phone in there or your car keys or your wallet or whatever. And as you drive, the light sort of like kills, Killing, uh, kills uh, all the bacteria, bacteria that's yeah. on it. That's, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, that, so. that, that stuff technology came out during the, like during yeah, exactly. the dead of the pandemic. I remember <laughs> when we used to go to the Los Angeles and they would say, well, you know, HVAC systems are now gaining with, with you know, uh, HEPA filters and very high-end UV, you know, technology to be able to, 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 
I guess, clean up bacteria from people from the outside world. And I remember yeah. the pictures. It was, it was kind of uh, w with the time, go going with the times. Exactly. We don't have any information on the pricing yeah. for this vehicle. And that's, I think, a key thing. Uh, I think they're going to <laughs> release pricing like 48 hours before it goes on sale or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. But uh, it's coming to the market. The first, v the first variants that are coming to the North American market will be the turbocharged engine uh santa fe's because they're built in montgomery alabama okay in the north american plant whereas the hybrids will be coming from korea though so you know so. just the transport by boat things like that so they'll be coming a little bit later um so in terms of pricing you know it's pretty much a given that it's going to be a little bit more expensive or maybe much more expensive than yeah. the outgoing model which i think was retailing close to like 37 if i'm not remiss, remiss like 37 to 45 mm -hmm. or 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 39 to 47 it's it's in that range for the the current model so chances are the new one is going to be a little bit more expensive but it's a much bigger yeah. a bigger vehicle yeah. with again three standard rows yeah yeah it's going to make a big difference Another vehicle that's uh, outdoorsy type, uh, yeah. the Subaru Forester. Uh, <laughs> they, they call it the all-new Subaru Forester. I can tell you that it's not all new. Uh, we were all new in quotation yeah, marks. That's right. We were okay. expecting a lot more. It, it, it doesn't mean that there's there's new stuff. There's not no new stuff on the new Forester. But but you know, word was going going around that oh there there might be another engine, the two point four turbo. There's might be a hybrid. Hybrid will come. Uh, I'll tell you about that later. But for now, it's pretty much a remodel and outside remodel for the Forester uh, uh, for the 2025 because this is a 2025 model that we saw. The 2024 gets pretty much copy paste from the 2023, which which we'll see. The 2025 we'll see at a later date. We don't know exactly when, uh, but uh, remodel kind of looks like a. If you look at from the front, a lot of people are saying it looks like an explorer, like the the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the front grille. We'll say that Subaru, it's not you know the design is not one of the main factors. Still <laughs> looks looks still looks good, you know. It looks like a Forester, but if you change it too much, I mean, people are not uh, but yeah. might not want to buy it. You know, they, they, they have a very Subaru has a very very loyal customer base, right? Yeah, so a lot of carryover. Uh, it's it, it's it's a rounder shape, right? Yeah. The new Forester, it's it's rounded from every corner so it kind of loses a little bit of shoulder space inside from what what the engineers have told us uh, the opening from the tail gets a little shorter but marginally uh rounder more aerodynamic we assume uh but still keeps the 2.5 liter you know four cylinder engine very very uh, uh sturdy engine that's pretty much everywhere <laughs> in the in the super lineup uh loses two horsepower Mm. gains uh, to a, a pound feet of torque. So, I mean, we're a CVT uh, uh, transmission is still the yeah. same, but yeah. you know, Subaru says there's been changes here and there. We might see a little bit more efficiency from Subaru, however, uh, hey. from the Forester, but however, we haven't seen uh, what, what- In in the case of this vehicle and also of the new Crosstrek, yeah. I think we can fairly say that the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> right. No, as far as Subaru is concerned. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I've been, harping on this for years but if there's one brand that's in need of a top designer it's Subaru <laughs> you know the, their cars are I, I get it you know they work they're, they yeah. have a, a, a loyal following fan base whatever they they're reliable they sell all of them <laughs> but man can you sex it up a little bit can you, you know just can you give us something that's nice to look at yeah, that yeah. you don't you know that you, when you're walking towards it or away from it because you know they're 
pretty pretty darn boring looking in terms of styling. Mm-hmm. But you know? like you said, I mean, they work. Yeah, sure. Um, still, obviously, uh, inside. I mean, inside you get into the new the new Forester. It's pretty much the same. You yeah. know, you get the uh, the vertical screen. Yep. New uh, again, new hardware, a new new firmware, new textures. But if you look at the picture uh, uh, from the interior, you'll see it's it's a copy paste from from no. from what it used to be. Right, the vents are the same place and whatnot. So functional. Uh, very advanced and very stylish, not, but, but still, uh, still very functional. Um, I was talking about, uh, the hybrid version. Everybody's were, were wait, was waiting for the yeah, announcement sure. for the hybrid version. Yeah, hybrid version will come 2026, maybe 2027. We'll see. It will be a collaboration with Toyota, of course. obviously, because, yeah. uh, because that's how it works. And, and, and we'll, uh, we'll be able to do that, but that's going to be a hot seller. The, 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 um, the, the hybrid, hopefully they can make enough because it's, that's something that's the, 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 you know, Subaru buyers are really waiting for the Forester. So yeah, that's pretty much it for, from what we saw, uh, uh, from Subaru. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, the Lucid. Yeah, sure. Uh, because Lucid, uh, as you know, high-end EV uh, company, uh, the news are not very impressive from the company that, you know, like after the LA Auto Show, we said they, they unveiled how Lucid was losing a lot of money. It was hemorrhaging money from, yeah, yeah. from every vehicle. I mean, I've, I've, I read figures mathematically that every vehicle that comes out, it costs, you know, 200 or $300,000 for the, for this company to make them because they're very, very expensive vehicles too. Uh, but it was about time for them to come up with an SUV. Yeah, sure. You know, it, if there's one company that I hope makes it, it's that one. Yeah. Because when you look at their tech, when you look at the size of their motors and the efficiency of their motors, the, the, the power that they get from such a small uh, electric motor, right? Um, it's amazing. And in terms of uh, the, the battery tech that they've got, again, it's also uh, cutting edge. And it's also making the demonstration that you don't need a huge battery, you know, to get a lot of power and, you know, significant range. Yeah. It's um, like they, they're talking about 700 kilometers. Yeah. That, that figure for the, for the, the for the, for the gravity. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you know, in terms of the, 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 the styling inside, it looks really, really nice. Lots of room in there, especially in the third row. So again, you know, this, this company, uh, I know that financially, Times are really difficult for them, and yeah. we're not sure if they're going to uh, to make it. But if there's one company out there that I hope makes it, it's that one. It's definitely different because yeah. their their tech is really really cutting edge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few key points from the gravity. There's a frunk. Yeah, uh, exactly. You can sit in it. I saw I saw it at the Hell Auto Show. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like a, a reverse tailgate. Reverse tailgate, so you can yeah, you, sure. you know like a park park from the front, I guess, uh, when you're charging or watching the game or whatnot, and that's. Uh, Using that space usually mm-hmm. is for cargo, but you know it, it has an additional additional uses to it, um, and also uh, for pricing. I mean, they're talking about uh, starting eighty grand, eighty grand US. In US dollar, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know, when you look at uh, the, the, the the sedan, the Air, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 a very expensive product now, and you're looking sure. at eighty grand. It's not that much. I mean, exactly. it's not that much for for that type of vehicle. So again, you know, they're launching it. You know, we're gonna. See see how it goes yeah they they claim that they've already got orders and things like that i get it you know i'm, 
I'm pretty sure there's a lot of wealthy people out in California that are really want to stand out. They're going to put down the money for for them to have that vehicle. Because they don't want to drive what everybody else is driving, things like that. And this is the new hot thing. Uh, the way Tesla was the new hot thing when the Model S came out, but now right. this time it's uh, it's this lucid and and the gravity. But again, you know, like uh, their their tech is so so cutting edge. If you know, if any, if everybody could be making uh, electric motors that are that small and that powerful, you know, and and would be really in yeah, business, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for efficiency, so, and, exactly. And, yeah. But also in terms of the in terms of the power, it's it, it's amazing the power that they're yeah. able to crank out, you know, for such from such small units. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it on the road and yeah, seeing sure. if it's going to make it. Oh yeah! Also, you got to drive the Ionic Five N, which, which yeah, we can exactly. really talk about. But but interesting. Uh, no, I can, I can give you the uh, the driving impressions yes, on that. Yes. But uh, it was a, a, a funny situation because uh, just before the Los Angeles uh, Auto Show or Automobility LA, as they now call it, that's the mobility name for the LA exactly. Show I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> just before that, I went to Korea. I went to Seoul in uh, Korea to drive. The Ionic 5N, mm-hmm. uh, both on the roads, on public roads, but also at the Korea International Circuit. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but Korea actually hosted uh, Formula One Grand Prix from 2010 to 2013. Yep. So we went to that same track to drive the uh, the uh, Ionic 5N on the track. And let me tell you, this is was um, of all the electric cars that I've driven, this one is by far the most engaging. And the reason for that is that they've really tuned the the sound and also um, they've, they, they are replicating, if you will, all the sensations that you get behind the wheel when you're driving a sports car with a, an internal combustion engine mm-hmm. and a double clutch gearbox. Now, let me make this clear. That's this car is electric. Mind-boggling. <laughs> there is no, I don't know what to think about that. There is no double-clutch gearbox in this car. Yeah. There is no engine, um, engine, you know, ICE engine that makes sounds. Uh-huh. It doesn't exist. Yeah, so yeah. all of this is fake, okay? But it works. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> because there, there's a mode called ignition, uh, as far as the what they call the N-Active Sound Plus uh, system. And there's another mode called the N-E-Shift. So when you activate those two things, when you're driving on the track or on the road, basically what you're hearing through the eight speakers that are inside the cabin, but also two speakers that are mounted outside the car is three different sounds that you get to select. One is very boring. It's called evolution. It sounds like every other electric car noise, you know, like just generic kind of like buzz. One is very kind of quirky it's called supersonic and supposedly uh, emulates the sound of a fighter jet but the third mode ignition like i mentioned that gives you the feeling that you're inside a, uh, a double clutch car with an internal combustion engine so you're driving picture this you're driving down the track and you're shifting gears with the paddle shifters so you hear the engine you know ah, the revs go up and then you shift when you shift there's a slight pause in the acceleration and then boom when the next <laughs> gear kicks in okay you get that thrust again when you're lifting off the throttle 
the car burbles the engine you know it burbles just like when you lift it off the the throttle on the Elantra N or a, a right. Veloster N when you're downshifting it blips the throttle <laughs> so, <laughs> you know but again realistically yeah exactly really so and you, and with all with all the, the double clutch cars you've you've driven you, exactly. you felt like it was it was kind of a it was a total episode of cognitive dissonance <laughs> in that you know that this is an electric car it has two electric motors and when you're going fast down the straight both electric motors are spinning at 21,000 RPMs, but you see a tack that goes up to 8,000 and you have to remember to shift because if you don't, you'll hit the re- so-called rev, rev limiter and it'll go pop, 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 pop. Like, but nothing of this is real. Okay. All of it is fake. Well, yeah, of course. All of it is done. And you know, it's amazing because when I was there, I met with uh, Albert Bierman, who was once, you know, way back in the day was the head of uh, M, the M division, the motorsport division for BMW. And when he retired from BMW, he was sort of like poached by Hyundai to put together the N uh, division, N being for Nürburgring and Namyang, Namyang being the design center for Hyundai. Right. So that's their high performance division. And he said, we started playing around with sound six years ago, but it wasn't quite what we wanted. You know, you, we didn't really get what we wanted. So I challenged my engineers to, to invent some sort of shifting system for this car. And they didn't know the Ionic 5N was not approved back then. You know, it's just like, it wasn't, didn't even exist. But right away, like six years ago, they started thinking about developing something like that. And the engineer who put the system together is actually the engineer who put together the eight-speed double-clutch uh, gearbox in the Elantra N. Okay. So here is this guy who designed this mechanical thing, and now he's trying to reproduce the exact same feeling, but in a completely... It's a computer software. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly through software. And the thing is, it works because mm-hmm. when you're driving down the track, you really feel like you're driving, uh, like I said, a sports car with the paddle shifters and the double clutch gearbox. You get the exact same <laughs> wow. sensation. I'm impressed. So and that's why I'm saying it's, it's the most engaging electric car I've ever driven because, you know, electric cars, you've driven them, I've driven them, you know, the Taycans, whatever. You step on it, they go like hell in a straight line. Yeah. You know, the, you get that. But this, you know, it's not the fastest accelerating EV. It will not be the fastest around the Nürburgring racetrack or anything like that. But it's definitely the most fun EV that I've driven because it's so engaging, because it, with this ignition uh, sound uh, program and also the NE shift, it's, it, it, it literally feels exactly like a sports car with the double clutch gearbox. What uh, what about the weight? Because yeah, we we, are, we always talk about that's the, the weight. only downside about this car. I would say <laughs> is the fact that a it's like two point two metric tons, so it's like <clears throat> it's still a heavy car for sure, and that will be of course a limiting factor for speed through the corners and things like that. It rides on pretty wide tires on twenty one inch rims, so you know the tire size and the, and the wheel tire kind of helps with that. But again, you know, mass is mass, like I always say. Yep. So when you're going through the corners, you really feel the the weight of the car. But nevertheless, you know, this this trick that they've performed this uh, with software and with uh, with the sound and with the feeling of the of the shifting transmission, it's it's really mind boggling. Right. It's really and it's something it's hard to explain. You know, you, I can explain it like this, and people sort of get a sense for it, for it, but. When you get into that car and you, you, you turn those systems on, 
it fools you. It mm. will fool you absolutely. And it's a, it's a, it's a really cool thing that uh, Hyundai, the N division, have 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 designed with this car and and these systems to again, you know, because they say with uh, with the N division at Hyundai, driving still matters. And even though this is an EV. It's still got to give you that same kind of goosebumps yeah. when you're when you're driving, and they've you know, they've nailed it right on the head. Really it's amazing, yeah, yeah. It's, this is what everybody was worried about, yeah. You know, and and still worried about what, sure. what's going to happen with driving pleasure and, and, and actual you know, you know sportiness, quote unquote. And Toyota has a concept car, electric uh, with with a, 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 a stick standard shift, yeah, shift, uh, yeah <laughs> stick shift. So again, you know, you I can think people, it. <laughs> people are realizing that okay, EVs are efficient, EVs are fast in a straight line but they're not that fun to drive. And so how do we put the fun to drive factor back in? Mm. That's what the Ionic 5N is all about. Impressive. Yeah. So not too long ago, I uh, headed to Spain to uh, drive two out of three hybrid versions of uh, the Porsche Cayenne. Uh, As you know, uh, hybrids, is expanding on the Porsche lineup with these new additions to the, 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 uh, the Cayenne lineup. Uh, and as it is, all, like always, they're kind of meddling and, and changing around the, the, the model names. Now the Turbo S uh, e-hybrid doesn't exist anymore. It's the Turbo e-hybrid. And then to make, to make it simple, um, <laughs> Porsche Cayenne e-hybrid, Porsche Cayenne S e-hybrid, and Porsche Cayenne Turbo e-hybrid are now the three hybrid models. So they kind of sandwiched it together. Uh, the base model that I didn't get to drive, one of my colleagues, uh, Julian, uh, drove, drove it a little later. So you can see it on the site if you're, if you're uh, on the website, if you're looking for uh, impressions on that. Uh, but two uh, very different models. One has uh, the turbo uh, uh, six uh, cylinder three liter and the other one has uh, the eight cylinder, which is, which the is big stonking V8. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know, same packaging, you know, yeah. uh, coupe and Traditional. Yeah. I know how you love those coupes, uh, yeah, SUV coupes, and I'm going to talk about that uh, <laughs> a little later when we talk about the interior. But you know, new up everything that Porsche has uh, in terms of hybrid technology is in there. Uh, we took it to the racetrack um, uh, near Barcelona, which is the uh, uh, Castelloli. Mm-hmm. Uh, Secreto de Castelloli is a private racetrack near near Barcelona. I don't know if you know about that track. It's no, a, it's a new one, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it looks it looks pretty new. I don't know how how old it is, but it's very very small and very technical, which is kind of uh, odd when you're driving heavy <laughs> family <laughs> SUVs with hybrid powertrains because they're right. kind of you know they're they're kind of heavy, uh, but still uh, a good place to test out uh, either 512 horsepower for the um, uh, for the SE hybrid and up to 729, I think, for the uh, Turbo E hybrid. Uh, 90 kilometers of range on the electric system According to European standards, we don't have the uh, the official figure for the for the uh, EPA figures, but expect seventy kilometers, which is yeah. which is not so bad. I mean, you're you're you're, right. you're 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 up there with with uh, with with the electric range for this type of vehicle. Um, you know, driving. I don't have to tell you that you know it goes like hell. Goes like hell at the <laughs> beginning, and then feels heavy on uh, in the corners. Uh, but you know, Porsche puts so much into it to try to mitigate that that mm. weight, right? So. It's it drives you know like a like a Cayenne uh, hybrid technologies on the racetrack 
you know, as you know, the braking is never the same, which no, is of course, the no. only downside really I found about that vehicle is that, yeah, is but that ag again, you know, again, who's going to drive it on the racetrack? You're going to tell me, right? So, <laughs> so it's kind of weird pedal feedback, but don't, you know, don't, don't get it bother you because it's never yeah. going to happen on the road. Uh, yeah, on, on the road on, uh, in Spain was, uh, you know, magnificent drive. It can, uh, go from sport mode to comfort mode. It really changes from those two modes. And again, it's a, it's a Cayenne drive. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, a signature Cayenne drive, but if, with, if it, with full electric range. If it's one thing that the, the Porsche engineers do well, it's that. It's the, the change of the, of the, the character of the car according oh, yeah. to the modes that, that you select. Yes. But you know, the, you know, these cars, these hybrid Cayennes exist because for one reason, it's because of the, you know, tax rates in, uh, in Europe. And, um, you know, if it's a hybrid, it, it's, it's, it's less expensive to, to put on the road in right. certain, certain markets and things like that. So that's why, and, it, and plus, you know, there's some cities that are, that are sort of like, um, you know, want you to, to, to drive through the city in, in electric mode and things mm -hmm. like there's more and more of that that's coming right. uh, with, with regards to city centers in Europe. So that's the reason why these cars exist. Uh, we get the benefit of them uh, here in North America, even though, you know, perhaps it's not it's not quite as significant for us as it is obviously for Porsche in the European market they yeah. have to develop these cars for the European market and elsewhere and so we sort of like get the get the benefit from that uh, also um, you know for the for our market uh, and we're going to talk about the coupe version because yeah. uh, compromises on the coupe version we have to mention it because on the hybrid on the, on the hybrid vehicles they lose a little more on the floor because of, of the course. battery uh, right yeah, the batteries sure. in, in in the rear less, so less cargo area so you know a combustion engine Cayenne S will 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 give you 772 liters in the in, in the rear right in normal configurations uh the volume drops to 627 with the S but the E hybrid right so you kind of it's 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 quite the significant, chunk significant yeah, yeah. But if you're going with the coupe version, it drops <laughs> to 434 liters, right? So, yeah. so it's something that, you know, if you're looking, I need a family vehicle. I like the coupe shape. I need the hybrid because I, you know, I'm going from home to work and then, and then, you know, you got to think about the 434 liters of cargo, uh, if it, if it's not enough, but it's, you know, I feel that it's plenty. It's more than a sedan, right? So it's, there's always plenty of space, but still, uh, that, that, coupe shape is and the, the hybrid uh, battery is is kind of eating up a, a little bit of that space uh one thing i really appreciated in the in the cayenne and it's i think it's making its way through the porsche lineup is that the infotainment system in porsche i always a little bit of complaints about it because complicated uh the buttons even in the 911 you know it was kind of out of reach a little bit difficult to use and this one has the latest version of the Porsche infotainment system and I, I, you know i can say that finally it's it it suits my needs and is very very uh, much simpler to use than 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 what i experienced in the past uh so uh talking about pricing for the these two variants <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, you're seeing me coming with the six digits, but still, I mean, that's what they cost, right? So starting price of $113,700 for the SE hybrid, which is between the two was my favorite. And yeah. because, uh, you know, the, the big eight, it felt heavy in the front, you know, it's it, it, a little different and it's 729 horsepower. I mean, mm -hmm. if you really want that performance, go for it. But 
at 512 horsepower with the SE hybrid, yeah, you know, combined yeah, sure. with, with 70 kilometers of range. I mean, it's, it's a good package. It's 113,700 starting price. Uh, if you're looking at the, the, uh, the more expensive one, it's 171,200 dollars for the 720 horsepower, but still a ticket's less expensive than the turbo GT variant, which sure. is the full gas. So, which is, yeah. you know, goes upwards. Uh, uh, so for, for that, I mean, we can say that there's, there's a little bit of value there. Yeah. And Porsche won't pay the luxury tax for you on that, but they will do it on a Taycan. I saw that. I saw that. I got I got the message from because that. Because they're so. selling the Cayenne, the Taycan, not so much. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm. Uh, Gab, on the next episode, we'll finally, we heard all about the new Santa Fe. You told us how, yeah. what the features and the technologies and whatnot, but we'll finally hear what you really think about it on the next episode. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, uh, went to drive it in, in Korea, but the, uh, the embargo only lifts next week. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll be able to give you a, a yeah. bit, some, some feedback yeah. on what it's like to actually drive, uh, the vehicles down the road. We did a significant number of miles there. So uh, I think I've got a pretty good feel for the uh, new fifth generation uh, Santa Fe. So we'll tell you all about it on the next episode. Awesome. Can't wait to hear about it. Uh, for my part, uh, different vehicle, uh, the AMG GT Coupe, which I had the chance to drive in the 63 uh, version. You're driving way too many expensive cars. You need to come down <laughs> yeah, that's right. and drive a Santa Fe <laughs> once mean, in a while. Yes, I, I promise you I will for the next episodes i got a, a full lineup of cars that i borrowed and they're they're more uh, they're more in my budget <laughs> for my personal budget um and for the amg gt obviously it's a new vehicle for this year it's, it gets a, a new platform it's gets a formatic plus all-wheel drive which was only rear-wheel drive in the past uh so a vehicle that has sustained uh quite a few changes but still looks terrific and still goes like hell so so i'm uh, i'm uh, i'm gonna be able to talk to you about it uh, uh, next week on the 21st and the we 20th. want to know if the car has any soul that's important <gasps> yes well I'll, I'll, I'll let you know at the next is it as soulful <laughs> as a 911 that's what yeah, i want to know that's the comparisons <laughs> that we make there you go. um thanks everybody for uh, watching and listening uh, for the car guide podcast uh, you can uh, uh, see everything about the technical specs and our reviews on the website carguideweb.com and also follow us on uh, on social media with uh, on uh, facebook uh, twitter and instagram uh so thank you gab for your time again and we'll see you very shortly next week for the 21st episode uh, all right on, uh, So long, everybody, and take care. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.